Hello, it's David Perlman for Conversations at TheWholeNote.com. It's March the 20th, 2012. My guest is pianist Catherine Wilson. Very happy to have you here. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much. That's great. So um, the, the immediate context for this, this interview is a couple of concerts coming up, one of which this interview may or may not be in time for, 27th of March, at the Glenn Gould Studio with Ensemble Vivant, which is okay. your baby. Yes, it is. For uh, 1986, seven, you told me. Yes, yeah. in, in there, it's when we first were launched, I'd say. So who were the three people in the room when you said, okay, we've got it, now we need to find a name? Oh, actually, um, the original three were yeah. myself and Marie Berard, mm -hmm. Alan and Dorothy Lawson, who has since moved to New York. Oh, quite, I don't know her name. I know, of course, I know Marie's yes. name. Well, so Dorothy was the original, the, cellist. the original cellist. She is on our Palm Court Pleasures CD. Oh, okay. That was the threesome. Okay. So, w were you students together, or had uh, or Marie and I were. Okay. Oh, no, no, all, what am I saying? All of us were. All of us were students together. And you took a deep breath and said, hey, we're doing it already, let's give it a name? Or did the name come first? Or the I think what happened was um, we were playing various events mm -hmm. and somebody labeled us the Catherine Wilson Trio. Okay. And I actually thought I would like to have a more generic name mm -hmm. and I thought of the name Trio Vivant. Trio Vivant. Trio Vivant. Mm -hmm. And over the years one record company or another would, they called it uh, Catherine Wilson's Trio Vivant, they called it Catherine Wilson and, and Friends mm -hmm. and then I thought you know and that's that's fair enough because sometimes we, we would expand from being a trio and mm -hmm. depending on the instrumentation of whatever repertoire we were uh, working on um, examples, Swirl um, and Glick wrote a klezmer suite for us, and it was for five, right. quintet, and and we've recorded many things like Mendelssohn's sextet, and then Saint-Saëns septet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And and then the more popular genre, something like um, the Charlie Chaplin medley that Rick Wilkins wrote. And that's wrote. a quintet. Yes, right? and, and 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 there's numerous other examples but so I thought why not Ensemble Vivant and it's been like that now for many many years. So, so the Ensemble Vivant goes back to 87 or that came somewhere well, a little further on. Trio, Trio Vivant, Vivant and then it, and then it, then it, it went it through it those other, yeah it morphed. Yeah in the way Amici <laughs> didn't call themselves a trio because it's a given that you're going to want to break out of your your root formation into what's required for the pieces that you're doing. Except when we started as Trio Vivant, we, we hadn't really thought of that. <laughs> because we were, it, was, right. it was sort of Trio Vivant, and, and right. it, it, the first recording was all about more that. Because we were kind of a pioneer among, among uh, piano trios in that um, in the late 80s, it wasn't that typical to be in concert and on recording, performing mainstream classical along with ragtime, along mm -hmm. with music from the Tim Pan Alley, Gershwin and Kern and so on and and um, never mind other genres that were more kind of over into the the, the jazzier worlds mm -hmm. and uh, so 
that made us a pioneer, actually, because we were not, um, we, we didn't want to be defined as, as, as just classical because we had a feather in our cap, which allowed us to, to switch um, hats stylistically. Right. And so, um, so I guess from our beginnings, we've been quite genre diverse which has made us quite different and and we remain genre diverse and branched into um, music of Astor Piazzolla but right. working with um, gurus of the of the Piazzolla world who, who right. love what we do coached us written arrangements for us and mm. uh, Julian Labro in particular was right, who, is, who was the architect of your homage to Esther. That's correct. That's the last CD. Our most recent release, so, that's so right. So were you inspired by what the Canadian brass had done at the beginning? Because I've noticed that your last three CDs are with Opening Day, which is Chuck Dallenbach's. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, I would have to say definitely uh, that um, when I was a student, I was when I first heard the brass. And right. so I'm sure that even if not absolutely consciously, that I was indirectly and and maybe partially consciously. It wasn't like oh, I want to copy them. It wasn't like mm -hmm. that. It, but it, it just um, I'm sure though that it had its profound influence. And yeah, but but it's different, of course, a brass quintet versus sure. a piano trio. And, and I was thinking <laughs> as much as anything about the, they've always been completely unapologetic about repertoire. Well, they the do what works for them. Yes. But it's, there's so much classical repertoire for a piano trio, right. and that's what made us a pioneer because because we are, I'd say there were piano trios that were um, famous for doing um, the the crossover, palm court style, but they weren't on the concert stage and they right. weren't making recordings, but more sort of relegated to lovely hotel lobbies and and tea rooms and so on, but. This is, um, we always embraced everything and still do that we, right. uh, stylistically, that we perform with the same kind of seriousness and passion and, and really good music, mm -hmm. no matter the genre. And um, we have found along the way, I, I'm really excited that along the way there's more of a merging of the worlds for all artists and mm -hmm. classical artists, more embracing of the, less of that, that former snobbery <laughs> of mm -hmm. classical that used to be, oh, well, if you're not playing only classical, then you can't be a serious classical, which mm -hmm. is, well, of course, not true. Mm -hmm. But there used to be that element, and I think it, it stemmed from way back. And sure. And, and it's, it's, I think that is happily loosening up and, and so relaxing so more. So just following this thread of, of personnel. I mean, I, I remember a joke around our office at one time was if, if you've got a group that all you have to put down for, cell, for the person playing the cello is cello TBA. <laughs> because of all the people in ensembles that seem to change over the most, it seems to be the person with the cello. Has it been like that for you or, or not? I think I've been extraordinarily, um, I, I, I guess, based on what you're saying, comparatively, very fortunate because um, we've been doing this for quite a while now. And so when I think of it that way, uh, there 
stretches of many years in a row with the same personnel. Or, and we did have a couple of cello um, Switch switches. Well, because yeah. Dorothy moved to New York, right. and then we and worked. Who came after Dorothy? Uh, um, Amanda Forsyth for their next oh, recording. Okay. But then she immediately moved, and so. Sure. And um, but then when we were working with um, uh, um, we, Jack Mendelssohn for yep. about five years, and then uh, Sharon Prater for ten. Oh, and Sharon is still. No, Sharon uh, retired from the group. She but she's on the CD, right? She is on many of our CDs, but and she's the on cellist the for Piazzolo? half half of for the half. To finish the project, Amy Lang stepped in. Okay. But Amy then moved to Victoria for for one year, mm -hmm. and so. Sybil Shanahan took over, and Sybil is our cellist now. And your violin <laughs> is your Erica violin Beston. is Erica Beston. And how long how long has that been? Um, seven years. Wow. Yes. So. So and then and Marie was there for a long time before, yeah. and and so and then Adele Arman, and, and for a long time, and so we it was. You know, some groups don't last as long as some of our long, of so our stretches. How hectic, with how hectic a pace do you maintain? Touring and concert-wise, well, concert-wise and touring now, compared to, I imagine it's less now, or is it still the same? You know, it it varies. Does it? Sometimes it's more active. Sometimes it's it's a you know a little less. But during those periods, there, there's always new programs being learned, or some recording right. project being worked on, and and or more than one recording project at at a time, and mm -hmm. and then sometimes in there, there's other solo work I'm doing, and so I, I, yeah. I'm I'm um, and then I'm also active at the university, so at York, <laughs> yes, yeah, and so I it's it's really really busy, <laughs> yeah. So and with the organization, I coming back <laughs> to where I started right at the beginning, I I, I had noticed that uh, March 27th, you're you're doing a program at the uh, Bradshaw Amphitheatre at the uh, COC. That's correct. And uh, then April 14 at the Gould. Is that the same program or a similar program um, or part of? Well, I'd say part of yeah. the um, Richard Bradshaw Amphitheatre series will be a lot shorter. Yeah, it's a much and tighter So we'll format. do elements. From. In fact, we're, we're calling it as a taste, a taste of, of Latin romance, whereas okay. we'll get the full-fledged Latin romance. And, and this is a perfect example, this concert of Core Ensemble Plus. Here. So yes. who are the pluses? Well, um, Dave Young, yeah. who has worked so with us he, a lot. So is he calling himself, is, <laughs> it's another joke around our office that that when, that when he has a bow in his hand, he's David Young, and when he's picking away, he's Dave. So is he Daving or Daviding in this it's one? Mostly Daving. Daving. A oh, tiny a little, tiny little bit da of, of Daviding, but mostly Daving. Mostly Daving. <laughs> That's great. So Dave Young, and who else? Norman Hathaway. Uh -huh. He's playing violin and viola, but only on, in this program, he's just making a couple of appearances. And uh, he has joined us more extensively, depending on the program and the repertoire. But so this is mostly the quartet. And it's mostly a piazzola focused um, We are going to feature um, some contrasting selections from that CD, from our homage to Astor Piazzolla CD. Uh -huh. But uh, this is really more of a broad spectrum of Latin. We are including oh. a wonderful work by um, the Venezuelan composer Aldemero Romero, also mm -hmm. arranged for us by Julian Labro. It's Fuga Camparajillo, 
and we're doing some works by Ernesto Nazareth as well as um, Carmargo Guarnieri and we're going to feature from um, Harken Back to our two CD Music of Leroy Anderson compilation and right. play Serenata which is a beautiful work in the Latin style and it was the first I guess the Latin style piece that Anderson wrote and it's really fits perfectly with this and contrasting and so it's a really luscious beautiful unique program <laughs> so where do you where does solo still fit in speaking of Leroy Anderson because that was your repertoire um, on one of your CDs was concerto. Yeah, I, I had the opportunity to record um, Anderson's only concerto with the Toronto Symphony. Right. And I also had a chance to, I was invited on the main, main stage concert series at Carnegie Hall. To do to, that concerto yes. for the Pops at Carnegie, right? New York Pops in the main, the main theater, and uh, main mm. um, hall, and it was sold out and it was a, a, a a, a wonderful experience. I mean, mm. it's it's uh, it was a, a great on many levels. Not only to be there doing that, but mm -hmm. Mrs. Lavoie Anderson was there, and many celebrities were there, and and it was it was just really well received. And mm -hmm. that was in conjunction with that whole project. And 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 they did a um, a film actually, where I was captured playing the third movement. Of the, it was a, a documentary on the life of Leroy Anderson. So, do you keep so up a, do you keep up a solo schedule? Um, I, I would say, not to the degree anywhere near that I would if I were concentrating only on solo. Right. Um, the the big passion for years and years has been the ensemble, but mm. I do get asked to play concerti with orchestras here and there. I I I also. Um, have other things that I get invited to do which are soloistic. I, I'm, I will be working on um, solo piano music of Michael Coughlin, mm -hmm. a Canadian composer, and um, we'll be collaborating with the um, um, Canadian singer Daniel Lichty. Um, okay, working sure. on, and that's with uh, some of Michael's works as an example. Uh, there's many other examples I guess I could mm -hmm. can think of over the years and upcoming. Um, so I guess I'm balancing both, but still very much so the ensemble. Oh, and ensemble. a new person in, uh, that I've been working with a little bit is in the jazz world is uh, Don Thompson. Oh, yeah. And oh. so, and he has. I've been very master bass or, or working yeah. with him have you have you put together any keyboard plus keyboard yet piano and vibes piano and vibes <laughs> yeah that's what i was thinking but he he's um <laughs> he really was taken with the homage to Astor piazzolla recording and Lovely. really liked my playing and and yeah. the group's playing of course and and really also became passionately interested in um, yeah, which I noticed on your on your website, which is actually a really handy way for somebody like me to become an instant expert on anything. <laughs> it's great in this day and age to be able, as long as you can remember things for 30 minutes, you can seem like you're really smart. So, but uh, there was something really intriguing there. I noticed a, a quote on the website um, from Novalis, the quote, that, every illness is a musical problem. 
And I remember a different version of that from university days where it was every illness is a scientific problem, which oh. was another version yeah. in his own okay, writing. Okay. But then I saw also um, Euterpe, as you mentioned it, and I somehow thought that that quotation probably ties in with... It does. So what, what is Euterpe about? Well, Euterpe is a not-for-profit musical organization which I founded and I am artistic director of. Um, Norman Hathaway is the president of it. What we seek to do in Euterpe is provide concerts in both the classical and jazz genres played at the highest level for, for free. Mm -hmm. To get them out there, well, I guess our principal focus is our youth but it's certainly not limited to our youth. And to have people who wouldn't otherwise get the chance to come to concerts for n numerous reasons, they're not exposed to it, never have been exposed to it, would like to be exposed to it, but don't have money or, or, just, um, or have other restrictions, limitations, disadvantages. And unfortunately, nowadays, there's far too many people that aren't exposed to um, music like this that, that can give the transformative effect. So where do you take the music to? Uh, well, um, certainly schools, mm -hmm. but not limited to schools. Um, other venues where people come and are brought in and targeted audiences. But it's not limited to the to targeted audiences. It's 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 for everybody. Like absolutely everyone except that we always make sure there's a, quite a percentage so that's did, for those who wouldn't So how do people find you for it? Um, well, I, I, that's more, um, I guess, behind the scenes, which I'm not even totally part oh, yeah. of that. And, and I, I do know that we do get requests, but there's people that, that say, oh, well, we, we want to have them come and play for our group of kids or... or which could be several hundred kids or, yeah. or so and then we, we actually have a wonderful um, little documentary that was um, prepared and um, by the York Film Department and they are and that's where I um, teach and I'm finishing right. a PhD and uh, it's a wonderful uh, I guess little calling card for Euterpe and it will be on the official Euterpe website, which is not yet quite ready, but will be, okay, I would good. say, very soon. I used, to I used to say to people, web, website at www, but the great god Google, all you have to do is type in Euterpe Toronto and it'll tell you everything once it's there. Once it's there. One doesn't it need website give us a couple names of months. <laughs> no, it, but it's... it's well, um, so it's a lot on it's, the go. It's a lot. And, and but my, my uh, dissertation um, for the PhD is very much so about the the powerful healing effects of music oh, on the music. human psyche as well as the physiology of the of our Which species is where the novalis connection is but we'll have to leave that for another for time. now yeah it's, it's a, it's a big topic isn't it <laughs> well I'll, I'll hope to see you on the 27th at the bradshaw and if not for sure on the 14th at the good and thank you so much you will for come as in. our guest thank you <laughs> And thank you for being here, guys. Bye-bye for now. Thank you, David. It was lovely. <laughs> thank you very much.